Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Edelberg. And welcome to the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 127. Back at it for another week of episodes. We did four last week. I think that's a good number. We're going to shoot for another four this week. Looks like social distancing is going to be here for a few more weeks. So let's hunker down. Let's stay safe. Let's stay healthy. And uh, let me see if I can bring you some stories to pass the time and keep us all just a little bit focused on golf and some of the great stories that are out there. Don't forget, we are on Instagram at the Back of the Range Podcast. I also post on Facebook, post on Twitter. I know I'm sending these episodes out very quickly, so if you need to catch up, every episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. That's where you can send me an email. That's where you can send me a text to let me know what you'd like to hear. We have some great episodes coming up. I'm really excited to bring them to you. Also, going to keep doing free Tal Tuesdays, I'll send out some poll questions. Let's get some conversation started, and I'll send out some free towels as always. So my guest on this episode, um, first of its kind, as you know, I've spoken to a lot of mid-ams, senior amateurs, handful of PGA Tour professionals, college players, college coaches, even had a streaker. I mean, come on, Mark Roberts, he's the world's most famous streaker. If you haven't listened to that episode, you have to go back and listen to that one. But our guest this week is my first discussion with a PGA Tour wife. My guest on this episode is Erin Walker. So she is the wife of 2016 PGA champion Jimmy Walker, probably one of the most recognized PGA Tour wives we've seen probably in the last decade or so. She has traveled the world assisting Jimmy with his career. Uh, it's definitely a team effort. You will hear that throughout the episode. It is, uh, it is definitely a we operation there on Team Walker. So we talked about that, talked about traveling the world, uh, talked about balancing her passion and hobby of amateur show jumping, and then Jimmy's passion of uh, astrophotography. So, yeah, there's a lot in this episode to unpack, but a very fascinating look behind the scenes to see how Jimmy's career has progressed and also their battle with Lyme disease. So a lot of interesting tidbits there. We're going to get you into this episode right away. Aaron, thanks for joining me here at the back of the range. How are you? Thank you. Yeah, um, we're hanging in there, <laughs> that, all things considered. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I, I'm letting listeners know when I'm recording all these episodes since things in the world seem to change on a day-to-day -day basis. So today is March 23rd. You have taken time out from your uh, Peloton rides, and, and I guess there's only so much elk and mongoose and steak you can cook up around the house uh, before you go... <laughs> Before you go crazy, so how how are things going in the Walker household? They've definitely been interesting. Um, today was our first day of attempting homeschooling. Um, How's Jimmy doing? I'm sorry, that's terrible. I well, Jimmy's not even here, oh, so he okay. got a pass today. Okay. Um, he actually went out fishing, so he caught dinner. Nice. <laughs> um, we have one other family that we've kind of, I guess self-quarantined with um other than that like that we are doing stuff with they right. we know where they've traveled they know where we've traveled um and we've been doing if we're going to go out and do anything like go to our ranch or like jimmy go fishing um it's just with this one other family um jimmy really hasn't even gone to the grocery store um that's the only thing really that we've had to go out and do so we are taking the kind of shelter in place self-quarantine thing pretty seriously uh that's not I, I mean we don't really know um the ramifications of us having lyme and what exactly, that looks like yeah. if we had got this virus we both feel great uh, and we're just trying to keep it that way. So, yeah. So I was home doing schoolwork with the kids. Jimmy's fishing. He should be back <laughs> later this afternoon. But um, in general, we've just tried to stay as busy as we can um, being home or taking our own golf cart up to go hit balls. Um, like, yeah, like you said, Peloton has been my lifesaver. 
I am not used to sitting at home. Like anybody that follows me on Instagram, right? You're they traveling. know my hashtag is keep moving and I travel extensively. So this is, this is weird for me. I'm not going to lie. This is, this is hard today. It really hit me like, Holy cow. Like we're sitting at home and I'm doing homework and like, this is, <laughs> this is, this is hard for me. Obviously we're very fortunate um, that we don't have a lot of stresses that other people have to worry about, of but, course. um, it also is like, this is not in our norm. So, well, I, I think that's, you know, it's something that everyone listening and everyone around, uh, you know, the country, the world that can, you know, everyone can relate to that no matter what profession you're in, no matter what your status is, no one is really comfortable being trapped in their home and, and restricted on where they can go, what they can do. But yeah, I, I'm right there with you. It's it's uh, walls. I was mentioning on the, on the last podcast that posts. I'm like these walls were kind of tipping in on me last week, so I had to get out of the house just for a little bit. But um, but let's tell some stories and let's look back on on a few things just to kind of clear our minds and not focus on the uh, the coronavirus. But um, you know, I, you are. I think fair to say you are kind of running uh, Team Walker, if that's a fair, <laughs> if that's a fair statement, and you know that has been that way since, gosh, uh, you know, ever since you, you know, you and Jimmy got married, and and I want to go back to maybe how you got, or you know, I know you're a competitive equestrian, and athletics is very has been always important in your life. Your parents were competitive skiers in the '70s, so can you talk a little bit about maybe your your upbringing? you know, before Jimmy, uh, your upbringing and also how athletics played a role in your life? Yeah, for sure. Um, yes, my dad was world champion freestyle skier in 1975. My mom was also a competitive freestyle skier in the 70s. And then both my brother and I grew up ski racing. Um, I am not Lindsey Vaughn. I was not very good. I'm not very big. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely a sport where um alpine ski racing is a sport where gravity um helps <laughs> right you gotta I'm have fairly, yeah, you... i'm fairly petite so um i wasn't the world's best ski racer but i did that my entire life growing up um played soccer in high school and then in high school i also got fairly competitive um in jumping horses um it's not something my dad was, you know, he was not super into it. So I, um, didn't ride for a while and then got back into it and in call after college. And I've been doing, um, the sport of show jumping, which is super easy to follow along with. You just run really fast over some sticks and try not to knock them over. Yeah. It um, sounds super easy until you realize that you're strapped to a horse and um, right. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's say. easy to follow along with. It's not very easy. It actually isn't. Everybody's like, Oh, the horse does all the work. No. If you turn a horse out in an arena, it's just going to stand there. It's not going to run around and jump the jumps. Like you have to find the perfect takeoff spot and you have to find, you know, the perfect rhythm to get to that takeoff spot. I mean, if you're out there walking, um, I don't know, walking the sidewalk and you want to step over the cracks, there's perfect timing to be able to step over those cracks. So um, that's that's kind of the sport of, of show jumping. And um, I'm still an amateur in that. Uh, the difference between amateur riding and amateur golf is that I can make money. Um, amateur riders can still make checks, prize money. Um, well, no, that doesn't so, seem fair. No, I'm just kidding. How, yeah, exactly. How's that possible? I don't know. We don't have the USGA governing us. So, um, so yeah, amateurs are still allowed to earn prize money. You just can't be paid for teaching or paid sponsorships. Gotcha. So I can still make money in classes. Um, it's not a lot, but, um, but yeah, that's the difference between, between riding and golf, I would say, but you know, both sports are, I think actually show jumping is way easier to follow along with. Our rule book is much simpler. So. <laughs> um, all right. So I have to ask this question. What happens, what happened at the 2004 EnviroCare Utah Classic? <laughs> I mean, I had to look this up because, you know, it's, you know, you met Jimmy while you're volunteering at a 
at a web.com event, and I had to actually look it up. By the way, he, he, he did T34 that week, so I, I mean, I don't know what you saw in him, but explain to me how, <laughs> how, how, did, how did that week happen? Actually, technically, it was the Nationwide Tour then, oh, so okay. we weren't even at, we weren't even web.com yet, but. Wow. Um, kind of date, kind of dating yourself, aren't you? I mean, yeah, exactly. I definitely, I am definitely a veteran now. This is our 15th season on tour, wow. so um, I am a veteran. Um so yeah, it's a funny story. Um, I was working for a company, uh, in Salt Lake, our CFO, his wife was the CEO of the company sponsoring the tournament. Okay. Um, and one day he was just like, you like sports and they need some more volunteers. You should volunteer for it. And I was thinking, Oh, two days off work. This would be awesome. Yeah. So, um, I went in, I really didn't know that much about golf. Um, it wasn't a sport I grew up doing. I wish now that it would have been, but it at the time it wasn't. We weren't country clubbers. And um, so, yeah, I went in and I learned how to be a walking scorer and I got paired with some entertaining groups and a caddy ended up introducing us um, and it's always yeah, the caddies. We, it's always the caddies. Yeah, we just kind of hit it off, and I was really impressed. He didn't play great, um, I, so I, I scored um, for different groups Thursday and Friday, and then didn't have to do it on the weekend. So one of the caddies was like, "Hey, come out and watch this weekend, and I'm gonna maybe work for this guy in a couple weeks coming up. Come, come watch." And I was like, "Okay, that sounds good." And I was really impressed with the way Jimmy conducted himself. Um, he'd had a great year already. I think he was leading already yeah. leading the money list at that point. So he didn't play great that weekend. And I was, you know, I was impressed with his demeanor and um, there wasn't any temper tantrums and um, that, you know, that's impressive. So I was telling the caddy, I was like, oh, he's pretty cute. You should introduce me. So, there you go. Um, yeah, we went out Sunday night and yeah, and that was that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, fast forward a little bit. I'm, you're you're 100% right. He had a great year leading up to that tournament and, and wins uh, wins the money list actually in 2004 on, on Nationwide. And, you know, I guess the the natural thought of someone listening saying, yep, then he goes right to the PGA Tour and they're off to the races and win after win and the typical PGA Tour winner lifestyle. But that's definitely not the case. Like, I don't think Jimmy had solid PGA Tour status where he just played strictly on that tour until like 2008 or 2009. So for people thinking that oh, it's just glamour. As soon as you get on the tour, everything's set for you. What were maybe those three or four years like? Well, I mean, first off, he he ended up getting pretty hurt the first tournament, his very first PGA Tour tournament in 2005. Um, he had a bulging disc in his neck that basically dropped him to his knees. And he was out for like the first three months um, of that year in 2005. And then when... I mean, then when he tried to come back um, that year, it just was, you know, he was really behind the eight ball and yeah. playing catch up. And so um, then he, in 2006, he, so he ended up taking a medical. He didn't play the rest of the year in 2005. In 2006, he's playing on the medical category, didn't play great, went back to the nationwide tour in 2007 one uh went back out on tour in 2008 and um i think that was the i think that was the year this was a while ago but i think that was the year he had to make like an eight footer on the last hole to finish in the final spot yeah. yeah in 125 spot so um a lot of people call him a journeyman to me i don't think that that's a fair title you know, journeyman's somebody that I think has played like a million tours their whole life. Sure. Jimmy's only played the web.com or corn Ferry tour and the PGA tour. He had three years on the corn Ferry tour and the rest of the time he's been on the PGA tour. Okay. Maybe he didn't win right away. Um, but he's had solid success and basically kept his card, um, since 2008. So yeah. I don't think that journeyman's a fair title. You know, he just, it just took him a while to win. 
And it was a lot of based on confidence. And, you know, after you get hurt and deal with an injury and coming back from an injury and remembering that, you know, and, and trying to be worried that you're going to get injured again. And so it just took some time, some sorting out, some coaching changes and um, things like that. But I think that he has, he's had a great career and there's a lot of guys that never went on tour um, and still consider them having a great career. Oh, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely didn't happen as quickly for him as he would have liked. Um, but it is what it is. And here we are. And he's won six times. And hopefully there's a few more in there. Yeah. I'm just listening the way you talk and, and about just it really does sound like it is a, a it's almost like a family business. In fact, it is a family business. And I'm just curious what um, I guess what are some of the things you learned quickly? You had to learn quickly on how to do as far as about helping him manage his career? Because, I mean, I know you were thinking about law school, and this sounds like, uh, I mean, it's a full-time job. I mean, it's yeah. all the different hats that you're wearing. And, and so what are maybe the things you struggle with learning, not just you know, being the CEO of the company, so to speak? What were the things you had right. to learn? I, I kind of consider Jimmy, like, the the CEO okay. and I'm the chief operating officer, okay. I guess. There you go. That make, yeah, I guess he is, he, he um, is the one hitting the shot. So, I mean, you yeah. gotta, we got to give him a little credit. And that, and that's the hardest part for me is like when he's struggling, I can't really, I can't do it for him. I can't go practice for him. I'm a pretty type A personality. Um, and he's not, um, <laughs> and it's hard for me to be like, okay, yeah, you know, your practice routine best. And, and I trust you and I trust the process when I really want to be like, okay, come on, like you need to go hit a hundred more golf balls and let's go chip and putt. And I can't, it's hard. I can't micromanage him, which is hard because I definitely try to micromanage everything else. Right. Um, Cause you got to be CEO, like, but you're also going to be the wife too. So you have to right. figure out a way. And, to, yeah. And it's taken me a solid 13, you know, we've been married you know, almost 15 years and it's taking me 13 years to just be like, okay, honey, like it's, it's, it's okay. Right. Um, cause that's not in my genetic makeup. <laughs> I'm a competitive person, um, at everything. And, and so it, it's hard to be, you know, to take a step back and, and manage everything else, but I know everything else needs to get done. And a lot of times, like, his agents will come to me if something needs to get done. Um, I do everything else besides, you know, hitting the golf shots. So right. I make it easy on him to, to go and do that. So, um, you know, definitely part of, definitely part of the team. Bro, absolutely. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think wives, a lot of wives get a, a, enough credit for that. You know, they think that we're at the spa every day and we're getting our nails done every day. I don't remember the last time I got a pedicure. Um, and you know, like that's just not how this family operates. Sure. So, um, and I don't think the wives get enough credit for that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you a few of those PGA tour wife questions, but I, I, <laughs> I want to ask. So I know that before the, I know when the kids were really young, you have two, two boys and I know, you know, before they, they got older and got into school, you were traveling around in, in a tour bus and, I am sure you have at least one good bus mishap story of oh, being, yeah. of like, yep, this is uh, this is Team Jimmy Walker, and we're stuck yep. in Paducah at some diner. So there have been there, we were actually going over some of them the other day, and there were some funny ones. Um, we like the funny ones here. Yeah, we rode out the Hurricane Irene in the bus in the parking lot in New Jersey. Um, every other bus family picked up and less left and flew private home or wherever but we're like okay it looks like it's just going to be a tropical tropical storm we're gonna like we had like an infant we didn't even or i think mclean our oldest was like 18 months old we didn't even have the second one yet right and um, we um we stayed in the bus and we rode it out and um that same week there was an earthquake in the bus as well in new jersey so we felt that um that one actually wasn't as scary as the mainline windstorm that took out congressional in, I guess that probably would have been 20, let's see, our second son was born in 2013. I think we had both the kids. So maybe 2015. 
Um, and that one was like, that one was scary. We had trees all around us. We were parked by TPC Avenue, um, or TPC Potomac. I don't know what it's called now, but, um, and there was like six of us bus people in a row and awnings were blowing off guys, buses. And, um, the next day the golf course was, they, they played with no spectators. Trees were yep. down. Yeah. I remember that. Um, Jimmy was playing in the final group that day and, you know, he's leading the golf tournament and it was bizarre. Uh, we got the bus pretty stuck in the mud at, uh, Memorial one time trying to pull into Memorial (laughs) and the boys are tiny and it's 11 o'clock at night. And we're trying to figure out how to get unstuck without calling a tow truck (laughs) or, or, uh, or Mr. Nicholas. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like there's just, it's, it was, it was some, it was awesome for, I make it sound like it was, it was great for five or six years that we did it till our oldest started kindergarten. It was great. Um, I really miss traveling full time. Um, it's hard to be home now, uh, you know, and be in school and, you know, the kids, Jimmy played nine out of 10 weeks at the beginning of this, you know, 2020 starting in January and the kids didn't see their dad that much. And I'm a single parent those weeks and it's hard and I'm trying to horse show to keep my sanity. And sure. um, so though it's, it's hard. I definitely miss traveling and, you know, being out there with him. I know he misses us too. You said that you think you, you got it figured out now after 13 of 15 years being married, uh, being a, being a tour wife. And who did you go to for questions? When you were first out there, kind of, I'm, I mean, I can't imagine you deer in the headlights, but at least at some point, I would think you were a little unsure about, okay, what do I do? I don't know. I don't know, you know, Avenel from Aronimic, and I don't, I don't know where to go here and, and what, sh- where, sh- you know, how do, who did you go to any maybe veteran wives at, the, at that time? Did you go to for maybe uh, some assistance? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's some girls that I've been, um, friends with that are always the, the, the wives actually have a wives association that does a lot of charity work and they're a great resource for new girls coming out. Um, the veteran wives still help out when they can. They're obviously in different, um, you know, seasons of their life, I guess, and don't have as much time to dedicate to that as, you know, when you're a rookie and you don't have kids and, you know, it's easy to go on a Wednesday and, and go do some really great things within the community. But, um, you know, um, Charles Warren is retired now, but he played on tour for quite a while. And one of Jimmy's, he was one of Jimmy's good friends and his wife was also always a good resource of, she was one of the first people I met out, um, on tour and, Mark Wilson's wife, Amy ran, um, she was the president of the wives association for a long time. She's a wealth of information. Also it's, it's, you know, you really get to know a lot of girls when you're on team events, like Ryder cup and president's cup, even though I was basically, um, I'd been out a long time, but when it's your first team event, it's, it's intimidating, um, you know, where to be and what to do and what to wear. And, and, you know, you just, there's some girls that like, to buck that um system i am not one of them i show <laughs> okay. up when i'm told to show up and i um do what i'm supposed to do and offer to pitch in and help out and um it's a stressful week on the guys and we aren't there we're there to make it less stressful sure and sure. be a part of a team and we are counted as part of the team i know there's some media people that are like oh the wives shouldn't be there and it's too much of this the guys want us there um, they like having their support system there for those weeks. And, uh, as much as the media may not want to admit it, we're their support system, uh, for most of them, like we're the ones doing all the work so they can get up and go play golf. So, you know, we're, we are a big part. They consider us part of the team. So you're mentioning these team events. Uh, I'm guessing you're not the only type a, um, in that, uh, in that crowd, um, you know, 2014 Ryder Cup. I know Tom Watson was the captain. Um, you know, 2015, uh, you know, was Jay Haas, and 2016 was uh, was DL three Davis Love the third. When you kind of knew that that he was going to be on that team in 2014, just completely new experience, I guess, for the both of you. 
we started at this nationwide event in Utah and look where we're at. Look where we're at right now. Yeah. It's every team has a different dynamic. Um, I was, a I adored Hillary Watson. Um, I was me and the Mickelsons were the only ones from that team at her funeral. Um, Jimmy was not close to Tom. And so I ended up going to her funeral by myself and she was a great leader for the women. Um, she's, she was extremely organized, but gracious. And she just was the epitome of class. Um, I could say the exact same thing for Jan Haas. I could say the exact same thing for Robin Love. Um, Melissa Lehman is an incredible person. They are some really, really classy ladies. And Nikki Stricker does it her own way for sure, but she's awesome. And despite what maybe happens with the guys in the team room, because they have a different dynamic, um, every single your captain's wife has been amazing as part of, and I'm not giving the, this is not a politically correct answer. They are absolutely, all of them were, are amazing women. We're amazing women. And, um, and they really, to me, it's about honoring what they're trying to do. It's they're trying to make their husband's life easier that week. Um, there's so much scrutiny on the captains. Um, and it's, doing whatever you can do to make the whole week run smoothly. And I know not every wife has that um, mentality, but it's definitely the mentality that I take going into those events and um, just help helping make it go better for the team. Sure. Well, the 14 one, obviously the U S lost, but uh, picked up wins at, in 2015 and 2016. I'm guessing, well, I don't know which, which one was your, I'm, I'm assuming 2014 could not have been your favorite experience since the U S team lost, but actually it was amazing. Cause Jimmy played unreal. Okay. Um, he and Ricky paired together for four uh, for every match. It was hard. It took a lot out of them. They probably shouldn't have done the last match. They were exhausted. Um, and then Jimmy steamrolled Lee Westwood, um, on Sunday. So, it's it's you know we did our part right. on that in that event um and i was so proud of them and the atmosphere overseas was it was great um they love golf over there and so i mean it was it was a really great event um president's cup in korea was a little strange because there was no american fans and no, really no family went over there and um it was still a great event and it was fun to win but it's just president's cup is so different than Ryder cup it's so president's cup is so much more relaxed and everybody just kind of is just so go with the flow and the minute you get off the airplane at Ryder cup you feel tense you're like this is this is a big deal you know and um it was hard like jimmy's year um 2016 wasn't going that great and then he wins pga championship which got us onto the Ryder cup team um he didn't play his best to me his best format would be best ball he would say that as well um he didn't get to play that format um he played alternate shot and i wouldn't say that was his strength he also got paired with zach johnson who they have completely they did great together but um they have completely different playing styles um so so that was hard and then you know, he didn't, he played great against, um, Cabrera but he lost on like the 17th hole. Um, it, it went almost down to the, you know, the wire on that sure. one. So that was frustrating for him. And I think he, um, was upset with the way that that for him, it went, you know, um, he didn't feel like he got to showcase his best golf that week. So yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, each one is different. It was really fun to win at home. It was super rowdy. I, it's hard. The American fans are, um, they're definitely different and <laughs> it's a lot rowdier than being overseas. And it's great when it's in your favor. I do feel for the Europeans a little bit like a couple episodes ago, I had Colt Nost on and we just were randomly talking about galleries on the PGA tour and you know how it's, 
become a, a big party atmosphere and you have your all-inclusive, you know, booze VIP areas. And of course, someone has to yell mashed potatoes or it's not a PGA Tour event. So, um, you know, he, he kind of, he told me this, this interesting story. He's on the 18th tee at Waste Management and he's got to make the cut to potentially top 10 to get into another event. And he's about to hit a shot on 18 and he's, uh, I think he's a shot outside the line and someone says, hey, if you don't top 10 this tournament, your career's over. <laughs> and, yeah, and he could hear it and yeah and you know you're a pretty visible pga tour wife and you know for people that follow the game and i'm guessing you've heard some absolutely ridiculous things in in your years on tour yeah it, it's it's people just don't re- uh, there are people that know who i am when i'm walking in the crowd and they're usually those are the ones that are are really um they're nice and they're friendly and right they're respectful, but there's people who don't know who I am. And the stuff that I hear is just ridiculous. Um, and I'm, I'm not afraid to quit back. Like, you know, they're like, Oh, this guy hasn't done shit in three years. And I would be like, yeah. Like, would you say that that to somebody that has gotten over cancer, you know, like, no, you'd be like, way to go, man. Way to freaking be out here after beating that. Right. Like my husband was sick. Like people don't realize how sick he was. And um, because with Lyme, like you may look healthy on the outside and there is a freaking war raging on the inside of your body and the inflammation and the, the brain fog. And, you know, like people don't get it. And I think that's the most frustrating thing is like, would you say that if somebody like Paul Azinger, like sure. he's cancer and everybody is like, it's amazing that he's back out you know but people don't give that same grace to people that are fighting line um so that's been really frustrating as people just don't understand you know one writer said like oh jimmy's never gonna win the masters like he can't chip like line legit gave my husband the chipping yips there is a disconnect with your brain and your body when you're going through line and like there will be days that I cannot remember that the refrigerator is called the refrigerator. I know it's called the refrigerator, but I can't come up with the word in my mind right. to call it a refrigerator. Um, there has not been enough studies on athletes uh, that have gone through this disease. I read one study conducted by a Harvard doctor that equates Lyme as basically um, the same effect on your brain as having a massive head trauma or a huge concussion, the highlights of the trauma to your brain are the same. So that's what my husband was trying to deal with. Right. And people don't recognize that he was actually really sick. He didn't have enough, pre- enough um, energy to go practice. He napped every single day. He felt like he had the flu for a year and a half. So people don't really realize like, and don't give him enough grace. Like, this was a big deal and it really halted his career for the last three years. Should we have taken a major medical? Probably. Uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, but you know, like they just, the stuff that people say and it's just, they don't get it. They really don't. So it, that's frustrating. Yeah. It kind of, I, I guess, I mean, obviously these two illnesses are completely separate, but I'm kind of thinking there's a slight parallel between, um, Kevin Love in the NBA, who was dealing with depression, and the way, yeah. I, and just you know, it's uh, it's something that's there. It's debilitating, but it can't be seen to anyone outside. Right, and that, and that's, I mean, the Lyme also really caused whether it was actually the Lyme itself that caused Jimmy to be depressed, or what it was not playing well, right. or it was not having the energy, or just feeling so crappy. Like he went through that as well. Like he, there were, I mean, he was really down for a while. Um, I think he's made massive strides in the last six or nine months. Probably, I think we both agree that a lot of it is diet-based. He gets so many comments like, oh my God, dude, how's your cholesterol when we eat steak all the time? But (laughs) um, the keto diet has massively cut the inflammation from his body. Uh, So that's why he sticks with it. Like just as much of no carbs, no sugar as possible. And he feels tremendously better. He is not um, shy about posting pictures of his steaks. I know he's very proud of them. 
Yeah, it's not even that. It's I mean, he is and he's he's sponsored by a steak company and a grill company. So, of course, we're going to do that. But the fact is, like, he feels better. Oh, no, no, um, no. I, 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 of course, I just I, I see him all the time. Like, there he is again. He's got another one. I mean, it's uh, it's great. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to see you cook chicken. Everybody's like, do you guys see chicken? <laughs> yeah. Chicken's boring. Like, nobody wants to see you cook chicken. So, um, yeah, the food engagement gets i mean people everybody has to eat and they love i mean the barbecue followers are huge like they love it um so so yeah i think he gets as much interaction on that as he does with you know golf coast you mentioned the 2016 pga championship at baltus roll i don't want to gloss over that and and you know obviously that has to be right up there as the the highlight of, of the career there and you know there's the great picture with you and the kids and you know that's what you, you know, people would see on the program the next year. That's on the cover of the media guide. But I know you get the trophy and you get the check, but I imagine a lot of distractions, a lot of requests upon his time. And just by listening to you say that you're a type A and he isn't, how much did that change things for the family, especially when, correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't seem like that's really his MO, the, the publicity side of it or the speaking engagement side of it. Is that... Was that difficult or different for him? Uh, no, I don't think he actually utilized it, in my opinion. I mean, I'm a marketing major. Right. Um, I don't think he utilized it as much as he should have. Uh, I don't think a lot of the agents, there's a few that are really good about the PR aspect of it. But in general, that's not their job. Um, they don't make it a priority with their job um, because they don't get paid on that. You know, so um, I think actually that, we kind of missed an opportunity there a little bit um, to do more with that win um, to kind of launch himself into like more of a household name. Right. Uh, I think we're doing a better job of it now with the grilling and the steaks and the cooking and um, but that's us too. So that's easy. And that's always what it was going to, you know, it's always more centered around that than, we're going to Vegas and partying all night long. Like that's just, that's not us. So, so yeah, I mean, there was like a couple of hectic days, but there's always another winner the next week. So you get kind of like your moment of glory with any win. And then it's like, okay, Thursday, now it's time to play golf again. Right. um, You know, like the Olympics were shortly after that and the PJ championship a little bit that year got the short end of the stick because of the Olympics. Um, if we had won PGA championship one week earlier, we would have gotten the fourth spot at the Olympics instead, but you know, it was great. And it's definitely, we're so thankful for it, especially with him getting sick because we've had status while he's been sick and, you know, but basically every year, except for last year, he would have kept his card because he finished inside of the top 125. But, you know, last year was an anomaly. He had his worst putting year on tour ever. And there's a direct correlation of how you finish on tour and putting. Um, I think that Lyme, there were a couple factors that affected his brain. And I think that it has dulled his fine motor skills and that's affected his chipping and putting for sure. He's hit, he doesn't hit it any worse than he has or any better than he has the last, you know, he's actually hit it just fine, but chipping and putting has definitely suffered. And I think it's a direct result of a component of the Lyme that, has never been measured. Um, you know, no other, there's been like two other PGA tour golfers ever that have had Lyme disease and none of, neither of them were very public about it. And, um, so there's just no way to really know, but something's not the same, you know, something's different. So you have to go to what you think it might be and has to be, you know, we just think it's, it has to be Lyme related. So, and unfortunately the elder, crap that's happened this year like he was trending so much back towards like real jimmy walker golf right i mean top 25 at at honda which is an immensely difficult golf course top 25 at um bay hill which is a difficult crazy difficult golf course you know i think he had a top 30 at san diego and those are like those are like one or two rounds where you miss a putt and those top 25 start becoming top 10. So he was so close. He got off to a great start at um, the players and was really, really, he he said, he's like, I'm depressed that this was canceled. He's like, obviously like there's massive things going on in the world, but 
for us, like this was a big deal too. Oh, and he was really, really bummed that they at least didn't get to go play through the weekend there. Yeah. You know, and, and and it's hard. Like it's you've got to find a way since our golf courses are still open right now to stay motivated and keep practicing. And he's got a putting mat at home and he puts every day. We've got a putting green in our backyard and some chipping spots around the yard and stuff. And it, it, he was really, really bummed because he feels like he's finally feeling back more normal doesn't mean he's gonna win again who knows there's a lot of luck involved in winning um but i think that he feels like he can keep playing and there were moments when he felt like maybe i shouldn't maybe it's time to retire you know right off into the sunset but i think right now he's like yeah i just top 25 at bay hill and honda and they're the two back-to-back hardest weeks on tour um so i think that that really like was like yeah i still i still got it it's funny listening to you talk opens up a whole bunch of other questions and it also (laughs) but you know it's funny is it also like it also slams the door on a couple of them as well i was i wanted to ask you like you know like here's one that (laughs) i can't believe i'm gonna ask this one but you know a lot of my listeners they're weekend hackers there's guys that you know they're guys that typically need to you know beg borrow and steal to get a weekend game with the boys and not get too much grief from the wife and um, doesn't sound like that's too much of an issue at the Walker house when he needs to go play. You're, you're basic. Sounds like you're kind of pushing him out the door. Like, yeah, get to work. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's what I signed up for. Okay. Um, I knew that coming into this, um, even though we were not engaged very long before we, um, or we didn't know each other very long before we got engaged and then got married, but I signed up for, I knew that at some point we would have kids and I would be a stay at home mom. I knew that there would be days where my husband's office hours are six hours, seven hour days on the golf course, even at home. Um, I never give him any grief. I tend to say, okay, like, you know, when you're playing at home, you don't need to spend an hour in the 19th hole with your guys. We need you home by, you know, like 530. Perfect. That's that's the relatable thing I wanted to hear to make sure that, yes, even though a, even a PGA Tour winner and major championship even the wife is at some point saying, Hey honey, get, get out of the bar with the boys, come back, come back home. So that's perfect. That's yeah. Perfect. And, and you know, and I ride horses, I do a very expensive hobby. You know, I've tried to turn it into a, a business for the most part, but um, it's still a hobby and it costs a lot of money. And I know that I get to do that because my husband makes a lot of money playing golf. And so that's my trade-off, you know? Um, and he doesn't give me grief about the horses for the most part. And he does rib me every once in a while. And he's like, Oh man, we would be rich if you didn't have horses. But, um, well, that's when you rib him back and say, you know, we'd be rich if you win a couple more majors. I mean, that's yep, exactly. Perfect. Exactly. Okay. Like the horses keep me sane um, from having no control over our financial our financial situation or, you know, I can't go out and make money. There's no job I could go do barring being, I don't know, going to medical school and being a brain surgeon, but there's no job I could go do. Even if I had the time to go back to work that would make as much money as he does. So I'm better in, which is hard for me to admit being the supporting role. So, so yeah, the horses keep me sane. And because I get to do that, um, I don't, I don't bother him when he needs to go play golf. Nice. Um, he does need to go play golf. So that's his job. Yeah. And, and, and I love it when we get to go out and play with him and he puts up with us. And, <laughs> um, you know, that's a that's awesome for us. I told him during this downtime, he's going to teach me to chip. We're going to video it. We're going to put it on you on oh boy. Instagram Live or oh something. Boy. Because I really need some chipping lessons. But um but yeah, I mean, we, that I, I definitely am like, okay, like five thirty, like try to be home. And, um, but he has to go out and play. So. Yeah. You've also said throughout our conversation, a lot of, we, you know, we have status, we're on the team, we're doing this. Was it always like that? Did you? Yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. I gave up going to law school, you know, for, I, completely changed my whole life to be a part of this team so yes it's a we okay and, oh no no you know, i know it I, is it's just i'm wondering if there was ever a eh, should i get involved and i don't know if i you know just the natural tendency of i don't i don't know if i'm doing too much or not enough and or was it just yep this is us 
Yeah, it was always mostly, yep, this is us. Gotcha. So, um, and there's a lot of people that don't recognize that uh, about our relationship, but it's our relationship and it works well for us. And um, I do consider it a we. I would think, I think he considers it a we as well. Um, it's been a while since he's done an interview, so I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a team you know, we're a team and everything that we do, we do it as a team. You, uh, you mentioned your, your hobby, uh, uh, is it horse jumping or show? What am I? Show jumping show is jump. the, the technical Olympic term. Gotcha. Um, it is an Olympic sport. So yes, it uh, is okay. the sport of show jumping. Okay. Just want to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm on shaky ground here. Okay. And I'm going to get even, so your hobby is show jumping and let me get even more on shaky ground. Um, that's your hobby. His hobby is um, astrophotography. Is there anyone on tour that is anywhere close to that with just two <laughs> random hobbies? I mean, I mean, maybe the Fowlers, possibly. I mean, if you can go with Ricky's BMXing and Allison's pole vaulting, is that even? I mean, that's the closest one I can think of. Is there anyone else where you're sitting over dinner and if the conversation isn't about golf, you two are fine. But who you're sitting with uh, might be like, uh, what? Can we go back to talking about the 17th? Yeah, I think I was actually trying to think, like, I don't even know if there's any other wives. Okay, Jarena Pillar, because she still plays golf. Okay. Um, and Martin. Um, I was trying to think if there was any other wives that actually are still competing. Because um, I don't think Allison, I think Allison's technically retired from pole vaulting now. So. Right. Um, but I'm even thinking about just like two completely like just away from golf. I guess that's yeah. kind of where I was going. Like two things. A lot of the guys. I mean, there's a lot of guys into wine. There's a yeah. lot of guys into cars. Um, there's a lot of guys that are into hunting more than what um, I think they would let know. Oh, of it's course. A little yeah. bit of a controversial topic, but um, yeah, I mean, there's. But I think probably we're the ones with. I would. I think the most unique hobbies i guess um yeah jimmy's astrophotography and long range shooting not even hunting but like the long range shooting stuff and um he definitely likes to new things so um yeah he likes to keep busy and you know it's it's a break for his brain to do something else and yeah that's that's what he does to be able to take a break well, your other thing that, that, I mean, anyone, especially in this downtime, it seems like everyone's kind of following on social media, and we got to talk Peloton. So everyone's chasing Rory right now. I know Horschel's <laughs> chasing him, and uh, Hoffman's chasing him, and I know I know Jimmy's getting into it a little bit. Um, Jimmy hates it. Okay. He only does it if I, like, guilt trip him into it. So I understand. Jimmy, hate, Jimmy hates working out. <laughs> okay. So, you, you, so, but you're, you're into it. So let me, uh, let's, let's see here. What player wives can, can hang with you on the Peloton? Like we know, <laughs> we know who, uh, we know who is on the, on the PJ tour side. That's kind of getting into this thing. Um, but, yeah. but what about, what about the, on the player on the PJ tour wife uh, side? I actually don't really know a whole lot of girls that do it on a regular basis. A lot of wives have asked my opinion. Should I get this bike? What do you think? What's your username? Um, Morgan, Morgan Pressel's really into it. Okay. Um, which is fun. I love, I love posting Peloton videos and getting female feedback. Um, it really makes me happy. So it's been really cool having other people come to me and ask me like what my workout routine is and, you know, how do I do it at home or, you know, I had one girl who's, um, I think spouses is, is trying to play the corn fairy tour. And she said, you've inspired me to get a Peloton. It's being delivered today. And that's what makes me happy. Nice. I'm not going to be able to keep up with the guys on it. Like I don't generate enough output. I'm not big enough. Right. Right. Um, but it's fun being able to do those classes with the guys and be like, yeah, I can, I can do it too, you know? And um, so, yeah, it, it's a fun little community it keeps my sanity because i don't know when i'm going to see my horses again they live in virginia half the year and palm beach half the year um they don't just live in our backyard man your horses um, live better than i do i'm just saying 
Yeah, exactly. They're snowbirds. So um, I don't know when I'll see them again. And that's kind of like that's made my heart hurt lately. So the Peloton's given me a break um, to be able to to kind of check out for a little bit each day. Uh, as soon as Jimmy gets home from fishing, um, the kids are his for a little bit for 30 <laughs> minutes or 45 minutes. And I'm going to work out. Um it keeps me sane. And, and, and I do, you know, I would love, um, you know, I'm sure there's, there's people out there that think I just post Peloton videos. Cause you know, I want to show off my sports bra. Like that's what I work out in and it's, I'm sweating my ass off. And, um, you know, and I love having female feedback. Um, so it, it just, it's important to me. I want to be, I'd love to be a role model to younger girls on tour and, other people suffering through Lyme that sees that we've made it over the hump and we feel better and proving that there are some success stories with this disease because you don't see a lot of them. Um, or, you know, so, so that's what I love about it and being able to motivate other people to being healthy and, and getting in shape and um, eating protein like steak every night is actually... <laughs> not going to kill you so yeah that's that's what i really am liking to show everybody that this is you know this is a real thing well aaron this has been great give me a website where people can go to learn more about what you're doing to uh to raise awareness for for lyme disease uh i'm on the board of the global lyme alliance um and i think that they're a great resource for if you think you have Lyme or you're wondering what the symptoms are, there's a hundred different symptoms. Um, everybody's symptoms are different. Mine were different than Jimmy's. Uh, they're a great resource to matching peer to peer or people to doctors in their area. And I really encourage people that if they have any Lyme questions to go to globallymealliance.org. I'll definitely put that in the show notes of this episode. And uh, I appreciate you taking time and doing this and, Go enjoy a ride, and uh, thanks for stopping by the back of the range. Yeah, you bet. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Special thanks to Aaron Walker for joining me on this episode. Don't forget, more episodes coming this week. Follow along on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Every single episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. We'll see you next time for another episode here at the Back of the Range. <laughs>